0: On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group discusses Steven Wilson's The Future Bites. Hi, and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands, album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this episode of Progressive Blabber, I'm joined by the full contingent of Tom Corcoran, Ken Gregory, and Paul Zodder as we go back to the Stephen Wilson solo catalog with "The Future Bites." All right, gentlemen, welcome back, everybody. Yeah. it's uh, a, It's been a while. This, uh, this episode is actually going to come out in the middle of a segment where we're sort of doing catch up on um, a bunch of less old albums. They were, they were newer when we started this segment, um, but we took a little bit of a break. And so this episode will come out in the middle of that. So, you know, there's there's a feeling of, of rejuvenation in the palaver tonight. Very excited to talk about this. I've actually, I had to find the notes I had on this that I wrote down low all those months ago. Wow. And I was listening to, you know, I was getting back into the swing of things and listening to this record and and collecting my thoughts. And as I had thoughts, I started to remember having the thoughts before. And I'm like, I think I wrote those down. Where did I write them down? And so I was able to, uh, to put my hands on my original notes. I've augmented them a little bit, um, but I am very excited. And, you know, this comes in real time on the verge of some of us, half of the people here, I'm going to see Porcupine Tree with Randy McStein, which should be fun. And so, yeah, it seems kind of appropriate to get back into uh, into Stephen Wilson, and you know, I think you know, just to sort of get us started here, I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna ask a question to the group and and you know, ask you guys with regards to this record in particular because this came out you know in the middle of the whole pandemic thing, it was delayed because of that and everything else, but did you did did you guys struggle with this record at first, or are you still struggling with it? Not everybody at once.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think Tom,
2: I think Tom should should start with this part because when uh you know during sometime when I was going on a rant about whether people should stream their music or not, Tom Tom playing devil's advocate brought up. St- the future bites and said he didn't like it. Didn't like it enough to buy it. So Tom, I think you should, now that you've had like a year and a half after that to, to marinate on it. I think you should start.
3: I am. First of all, I mean, I'm a big Stephen Wilson fan. I mean, I I love his past albums and it's the kind of thing that this is probably my least favorite album, uh, but it, it, it still has great moments. And you know, even a not so good Stephen Wilson album is is better than most. So there are definitely moments in here that I enjoy, but this is one that I struggle with. And it's it's one that is, you know, I, I don't think I'm gonna be going back to a lot compared to the other one. <laughs> and but I, I will say in general speaking. I absolutely love the meld he has here with, I hate using the word disco because it's not disco, but there's disco influences here. Oh yeah. A dance beat. um, There's a pulse. Let's just call it a pulse that, that the other albums don't have. And it it reminds me of a a queen album called the miracle that they put out in the very end of the eighties. And there was a lot of these sort of, um, uh, songs that that had like a a, a pulse to them and um, there are times where it really works and then there are times where i think that he could have done a little bit more with them and they i think they, they they're stagnant and they're he always is so creative in what he does he always has an eclectic a bunch of instruments and, and great players it doesn't seem like like he, t- he takes it to a certain level and then it, it doesn't doesn't go any further and i'm wondering you know maybe if it was done over a pandemic it, did he just not have uh, all the players or whatever or it, it just it, there is just a lot that you know in my mind is is not to the level of the other ones but you know, as we talk about these songs, there are definitely moments in here that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to ooze about and I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy. But this is probably my this is my least favorite one. But I mean, it's like, listen, I had a big problem with the quest. OK, and I, I didn't want to be a part of talking about it because I thought
2: at least you showed up tonight. I mean. Well,
3: yeah. Well, I didn't want to be the 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 shit in the salad uh, for the for the quest.
2: There was a lot. I think there all, was a lot of shit in that salad. I think if I come I, to, I remember
3: this really had problems with it. Uh, but this has enough respect where I, I definitely enjoy a lot of aspects of it, and I, I'm gonna enjoy talking about certain elements because I, I do enjoy a, a lot of aspects of it. So I, I would not say I don't I don't like the album. Stephen wilson has such a high bar that you know like i said even when he's not doing his best it, it's far better than than most people so i mean that and that's props to him so I'm, I'm gonna
0: i'm gonna enjoy this all right kenny g have you struggled with this album at
1: any point uh i appeal to the chair with a point of order <laughs> uh we we have reached the pontification part of the show without doing the context in
0: particulars. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is still this is the preamble though ken yeah this, this is a
0: this is a pointed focused preamble
2: oh my um the future
1: bites is generally a very well done production by steven and i respect the controversy and i was going out of my way not to make the genre or the controversy part of my review
0: okay how
1: about you, Joe? You asked the question
0: well, I'm waiting for paul then i'll answer
2: it uh all right so i i I haven't struggled with this album uh at all i i don't i don't think um i didn't really uh like it took me a very long time to get into it let let me say that like the, the second I heard personal shopper, right? I knew it was good. I maybe didn't want to listen to it all. I maybe didn't want to go back and listen to it a lot, but it was like listening to it one time. I was like, Oh boy, like that's really cool. It's going to take some work for me to get my head wrapped around that because I had crazy expectations as to what the next Steven Wilson album w- was going to be like. So I'm thankful that we've had however long we've had. To get into this and listen to it and take it, and take it in and and really enjoy it because um, I fucking love it and I, I think the thing that brings up though with this Joe is all of this right this one the quest um, the new Marillion although everyone just just everyone just fucking loves Marillion so they could shit in a bowl and record it and put it <laughs> on CD and everyone would love it Um and and like, and like just the like the latest Kings X that just came out, right? Like uh, I—that's I, great. I, I didn't even get through the album, and I'm scrolling through comments on Facebook about how disappointed people are about the Kings X album. So I don't. There's something about these bands, and and like you know, in this case with Stephen Wilson, where people expect something, they hope for something, and when they don't get it, they don't like it. And and I guess I'm no different because I, you know, I wasn't I I don't recall being very nice to the quest. Um although I I think I tried to 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 um, you know, be respectful. And um and I and 7 days away from having to talk about an hour before it's dark, I only have listened to it all the way through one time. So um, that album has been a struggle for me. So interesting. so, but like this this one isn't. It's fucking amazing
0: i so i'll I'll answer the question to the point and say, Paul, I agree with you. I think this album is amazing, but I did struggle with this mightily. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'll save I'll save my my key story. Um, for when we get to that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I didn't necessarily know what to expect. And when I saw the packaging for this, I was very put off. When I heard Personal Shopper just the first time, I was even more put off. And I, I had to sort of work past that. And as I did... Um, and as I spent more time with it, different things started to fall into place as, you know, as often happens on those albums that you don't like right away. And then you start to sort of figure things out and Mm. at one, you know, you wake up one day and you go, Oh, I fucking love this record. So, so that's, uh, yeah, that, and that's why I asked the question because I knew that, um, you know, I had, I had a lot of problems with this and I remember, you know, a little bit of, 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 pushback when it first came out we weren't overwhelmed it wasn't like to the bone where we were just like oh um
2: yeah although i'll i'll say that i didn't really go gaga over to the bone for months in fact until i saw the the show live that's when i really started to listen to the to the record and really get into it so i mean i think it's a and that's a that's another question I have for you guys right like we've talked so often about how literally in some cases years decades where we've we've listened to something and gone back to it later and like found an appreciation for it and you know I think the nature of progressive music is that you have to listen to it at repeated listens which which is what why I always find it funny when I when I hear something and I get into it and it's so good and I, and I just want you guys to like it as much as I do and then I send you guys a link to it and it's like a nine minute song and I send it to you on the on the group chat and I just know nobody has nine minutes or a half an hour or however long they need to to listen to this song enough times to like it as much as I do um, but but I, you know like how do you guys feel about that because that's something else that I've that I've noticed on. The fan pages and everything is that people are like, guys, give this, even the new Porcupine Tree, you know, even Randy McStein was like, hey, I don't know how you feel about it, but I hope you give it a few listens for it to grow on you. And people are like, nah, you know, like the first week they're like, this is garbage. You know, this isn't any good like this. They say it's their best album. Phooey. It's not their best album. And same thing with King's X. And people are saying, oh, you should, you should like, when I heard Gretchen Goes to Nebraska, I was I loved it immediately. I I don't have time to like, what do you guys think about the, in this day and age requiring multiple listens to, to enjoy a song?
0: I can't subscribe to people who aren't willing to do that. You know, because if, if you hear something and immediately you just like love everything, there are a couple ways that that can come about. And if you really are invested in a band, maybe let's look at it this way. Maybe if you're, if you don't know the band and you listen to it and you're like, nah, that's not really for me. Maybe that's fine. Maybe there are other bands that you're into, but if it's a band like Marillion, Stephen Wilson slash porcupine tree, King's X, like King's X at this point has earned from me my effort To figure out what they're trying to do. Now, maybe I'm not a normal human being for thinking that way, but that's the way I see it. And honestly, all these people who get on, you know, social media right away and shit all over something like that, you know, I I think Stephen Wilson has a message for them in this record. So, you know, I I think that's exactly what we're talking about here. You know, everything has to be Immediate. We got to know now I've got it. either I like it or I don't got to move on. No. Um, you know, a life enjoyed is, it deserves more, more effort than that. Well said. Mm. Well said. Cool. So that was a, uh, that was, that was great. I loved it. Ken, you uh, going back to your point of order, shall we talk then about the context of Stephen Wilson's, the future bites? Would you like to walk us through the timeline of progressive rock in the, (laughs) in the ages past of 2021? And then I'll take us through the particulars. So before, before you do, Ken, do do we, maybe
2: just a quick particular, this was supposed to be released in 2020. Yes. And it was postponed to 21. That is correct. Okay. So likely he was writing it, you know, 2019 into, into 2020, right? Funny.
1: You should ask Paul, because, because, I was just going to speculate on Stephen's involvement in the 2017 release of Blackfield 5. Mm. So, you know, just, just, just curious as a listener if any of that project informed his worldview on what became the Future Bites. Maybe doing more with less. Uh, you know, the Blackfield is a duo with Stephen Wilson and, uh, Aviv Geffen, uh, and maybe he thought, wow, all right, it's time for me to do something that's a one-man band. Mm. Now, I say that wondering, would the future Bites have been received with less controversy if it was under the moniker of Blackfield? You could say mm. oh Blackf- Blackfield went pop or Blackfield went disco or something like that or just any other moniker other than Stephen Wilson.
0: That's interesting, Ken. Yes.
1: I mean, th- I think that would have resolved so many conflicts.
0: <laughs> so so really what you're saying is Stephen Wilson has too many brands and he chose the wrong one for this particular project.
2: <laughs> right. I, I don't right. I don't have a good recollection of all of Blackfield 5, but I do recall my opinion, the best song on that record sounded like, you know, a scrap from To The Bone. Um, Funny. Interesting.
1: Okay. Well, I'm just going to pull up this timeline of progressive rock for uh, uh, context here, and you'll have to stop me because I like a lot of the music produced during this time, but it was also a time chock full of musicians stuck in apartments and and the releases were very prolific as you know the, 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 it was supposed to come out in 2020 didn't come out until january of 2021 uh, what could stephen wilson have possibly been listening to in the in the Prague world building up to this as if Prague is even relevant on here i mean i Maybe I should be listing like dead mouse records or something, whatever you know, techno stuff he listened to. But that's not what we do here. So hey, we're going to talk Prague Uh, in 2020. uh, Prolific bands were Sons of Apollo, Nectar, Pendragon. uh, Even Pat Metheny made the uh, timeline of progressive rock. Glass Hammer eked out an album in 2020. Pattern-seeking animals, I love prehensile tales. I can't tell you how wonderful that is. Frost, I will come up with any excuse to talk about Frost. Rick Wakeman did Red Planet. Um, We had Kansas, you know, just, I don't know, five months into the pandemic, releasing The Absence of Presence. That's like a, a fully produced album that must have been in production. Uh... Haken put out Virus. Steve Howe, I thought Love Is was a fantastically positive vibe uh, during that early pandemic phase that we all needed and loved. Um, Let me see here. Tim Boness, his friendship, association, and podcasting with um, uh, Stephen Wilson is quite relevant. He put out Late Night Laments in 2020. Maybe Stephen wanted to one-up his buddy Tim. Pineapple Thief uh September 2020 putting out uh, an album versions of the truth. Uh let me see Mastodon, Neil Morse, keyboardist Derek Sherinian. Fish put out Welchmerz in September of 2020. I would I would wager a guess that that Stephen Wilson uh took note of what his old buddy Derek Dick was doing around September of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. The Flower Kings. Okay. Um, 6 November 2020, Blackfield releases for the music. Is that a full release or is this? It is. Yep. Okay. I have it on pink
0: vinyl just, you know, for interest sake. Wow.
1: Okay. And does it have any kind of electrona programmed feeling? I imagine it would somewhat.
0: I believe there's a little bit of it, yeah. I haven't listened to it in a little bit, but that sounds about right. Any
1: excuse for me to say King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? That was in November of 2020. And then just as we pop over into 2021, Steve Hackett under a Mediterranean sky. We've got uh, Stephen Wilson, The Future Bites, 29th January 2021. I will mention... What came shortly behind it because we have yet another release from king gizzard and the lizard wizard uh the strobs believe it or not put settlement out uh in 2021 and uh any excuse to say day and age by frost came out in that year because that is such an incredible song day and age but yeah uh that that gives us a little bit of a, a backdrop to the current state of 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 Prague and what Stephen may have been listening to in the lead up to, uh, dropping the
0: future bites. So excellent. As Ken mentioned, the future bites was released in January of 2021. It was produced by Stephen Wilson and David Custon released on the label Caroline international. The personnel, um, Interesting. Uh, actually, I guess we should probably do the song title first because the personnel will be impacted by that. So the, the the track listing includes Unself, Self, King Ghost, 12 Things I Forgot, Eminent Sleaze, Man of the People, Personal Shopper, Follower, and Count of Unease. The personnel include Stephen Wilson, um, vocals, guitars, keyboard, sampler, bass, percussion, and programming. David Custon, programming, synthesizers, and drone on count of unease. Um, Michael Spearman is credited with drums and percussion, which I think is interesting because I don't hear a whole lot of live drumming on this. Nick Beggs shows up playing bass guitar on Personal Shopper and Stick on Eminent Sleeze. Wow. Adam Holtzman shows up to play keyboards on Eminent Sleaze and Follower. Richard Barberi is synthesizers on Self. Jason Cooper, cymbals and percussion on King Ghost. Blaine Harrison and Jack Flanagan are backing vocals on 12 Things I Forgot. Elton John, spoken word on Personal Shopper. Bobby Gordon, Crystal Williams, um, Wendy Harriet, Fife Dangerfield. um, Rue Reynolds and Rotom Wilson are background vocals on something that didn't capture on my screen capture. And the London session orchestra appears on eminent sleaze. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Are you
2: mean to tell me that it's Elton John who's, who's saying noise canceling
0: headphones? I mean, that's, that's the implication here.
1: What? Yes. How do you not know this? I
2: never knew that. It
0: doesn't sound like Elton John to me.
3: I, I didn't know that either.
0: Really? We've all learned something, except for Ken. That, who that's, knew something?
2: That's nuts. That is mind-blowing. I say that every day at work when I put my noise-canceling headphones on. I go, noise <laughs> headphones. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I love it. So, the Future bites. Stylized as all caps, the Future Bites trademark is the sixth studio album by British musician Stephen Wilson. The album was originally set for release on 12 June 2020 through Caroline International, but later was pushed back to 29 January 2021 due to COVID-19, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which affected the marketing and production related to the album. It was co-produced by Wilson and David Costin and recorded in London. Now, I don't normally read anything else in the wikis, um, but I do want to read the paragraph that is on the Wikipedia page regarding background and themes, because A, I think it's relevant, and B, I don't entirely agree with it. The album deals with, quote, two recurring themes, end quote, of Wilson's musical output, identity and technology, with a press release noting that it, quote, picks apart our 21st century utopia while also allowing for moments of personal growth and optimism, end quote. It was also called, quote, less a bleak vision of an approaching dystopia, more a curious reading of the here and now, end quote. And lead single, Personal Shopper, was noted to expand on the electronic elements of Wilson's previous work, quote, fully diving into dance and neo-disco while somehow keeping a rock edge. End quote. So
1: there's no rock edge. No, that's not rock edge.
0: <laughs>
3: well, now, now I don't feel guilty about using the word disco.
0: Yeah, see, it's it's right there. Um, apparently, Stephen Wilson himself used the word. Um. Yeah, I, I, you know, you know how I approach you know these sorts of of albums and i'm always looking for some sort of a theme or a narrative that i can tell or something that ties all this together because for me that makes it much more interesting and i i i while i i guess maybe i actually do agree with with what steven said i just interpret it a little bit differently when you talk about identity and technology so obviously the technology part i think with regards to um you know how it impacts society and how people interact with each other on, you know, a lot of times the the not good side, Paul. To you, the point we were making earlier about, you know, people just, you know, getting out and shitting all over everything um, immediately just because they can. I, I I sort of latched on to the first two tracks or at least the titles where you talk about unself and self. And so I kept looking for different types of selfishness that show up throughout this record. And for me, that was sort of the, the, the main unifying theme that I enjoyed looking at as I was going through this. Now, if Stephen wants to call that identity, that's fine. Um, I was just maybe I just, you know, interpreted a little bit differently, but essentially the same.
1: A less bleak version of an approaching dystopia. But it is rather bleak.
0: It it is bleak. I agree. And and I was thinking about this on the way home today. It's not the most insightful thought I've ever had, right? But um the future bites, right? You think about that. It you hear the word future and you're thinking in the future, but in actuality, it's really Stephen saying. When I was younger, I used to imagine a future, and I'm here now, and it sucks ass. (laughs) (laughs) So the the future that he's talking about is our current now that was the future in some point in the past, and it bites, and and I get that, and, and, you know, I understand, you know, some of the frustration here, and and I think overall, right, and, and you guys had talked about this at the top of the show, whatever you want to say about this, I think- it is another testament to the exquisite production capabilities that Steven has. I, I, I mean, I listen to this and the way the sounds are put together and, and built, it's just beautiful. And there's nothing that I go, oh, that sounds muddy or farty or that's too loud or anything. It's just... I really, I, lo- I love the way this guy puts a record together and it's different. He's got a different color palette than we're used to hearing from Steven as a solo artist. Um, but I love it. Well, I, I agree with you
3: with the production standpoint, but I, I want to go back a second. You had mentioned the whole theme of future bites. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about the, um, the cover which I've always had a problem with. I want to tell you, I was in my hotel room today just thinking about this cover more than a lot of the songs. Mm-hmm. It just sort of really irks me. Uh, but I think, you know, listen, Stephen Wilson is a very smart guy. He's a very profound guy. I think that what he was doing with the cover if you're going to have a, a song, uh, an album called Future Bites and you have this sort of indifferent person in a suit, I mean, he looks sort of androgynous, which I don't think he was trying to do, but I don't know. It's sort of a weird thing. Uh, uh, but I think more focused with the title, if you're, if you're trying to show that the future bites, and show someone who is not happy and is bleak and indifferent. I get that. And I get where he's coming from. But the thing is, your audience has to be interested in it. (laughs) And I feel indifferent. I feel bleak. And I just looking at the cover, I don't want to have anything to do with the album. (laughs) And because I love Stephen Wilson, I'm going to listen to the album. Because I love Steven Wilson, I'm gonna give it a shot. Because I love you guys, I'm gonna talk about it. Because I, nah, you know, nah. I, it's it's but I just the picture on the front is not great. And so, it doesn't wanna make me listen to this album. And I, I don't think it should be all happy and you know, bells and whistles if the if the topic is about the future biting. But there, I think even Wilson lost an opportunity to do something creative with the cover that he was wanted to say in the songs. And I maybe uh, it was COVID. He couldn't get out. He was asking his wife, "Hey, you know, take this picture of me, and then you know just throw some type over this." I mean, it just really seemed thrown together and 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 not great. But it does fit in with the topic. I'll, I'll give him that.
2: Dude, but. dude I, I totally disagree with you. Um, so first of all, this album was supposed to be released in June of 2020. All this shit was ready before the pandemic hit. In fact, before t- June 2020, he had already released the um, Personal Shopper video and single. Um, he had a website that had, you know, pre-order stuff with this, it had fake products, like you see in the in the i don't know if Tom if you ever bought any any of it, but like there's like in the booklet there's like fake products right from this like the future Bites brand, if you will, mm-hmm. and the website had that like it had stupid shit, like bricks, nothing, nothingness, like fake products like a can of air that you could buy so I don't think anything that was done here was done because it's the pandemic. I don't have resources. I'm just going to have to throw this together. I, the other, the other piece is that the, like I find, and we'll get to it when we go through the songs, I find personal shopper to be a, a like spiritually haunting song, right? Because it talks about a bunch of shit that I buy and, And it sort of puts a a bright light on it and says, you know, like, what are we doing with ourselves here? Like, you know, like he, he's selling deluxe edition box sets and like, and he's calling it out like deluxe edition box sets, right? Like we're, we're trying to find ourselves through things. The thing that I think is genius about the cover is that in the, in the packaging, right? There are other pictures. And if you at quick glance, you see these pictures and you just think ah it's like another picture of Stephen Wilson with like another type on it but if you look really close at the person it's hard to tell if it's Stephen Wilson or not it looks like it's either Stephen Wilson or it's another model sort of blended in with the the cover of Stephen Wilson and I think it it's a commentary on like the current state where we are where Everybody is trying to get the same things and even and and we're trying to find our individual self, but we're all ending up looking like this person on the cover. Right. It's it's all just a a sort of the same. And I and I think that's I think I think that's a bit genius. And I feel like, you know, I I know what you're saying, like, because we talk about that on the ranking of covers, like, do we want to enter into the music? Do we want to listen to the music? But to me, this color scheme and is the perfect color scheme for the soundscape of, of this record. I think it fits beautifully.
0: Ken?
1: Um, supporting what you said, Paul, Stephen Wilson told tapeop.com, I did most of the writing around the middle of 2018. At the time, we were right in the middle of the Trump administration. We had Brexit going on in the UK. And for the first time in my life, I didn't feel the future was particularly optimistic place. I'd always looked forward to the future in the past, but this was the first time in my life that I genuinely worried about the future. That was where the whole idea of the future bites came from. I've Begun to feel slightly more optimistic about the world for obvious reasons, but also because we have the vaccinations now in the UK. Regarding the album, certain songs began to establish themselves as front runners. I always write a lot more music than I need. I had 25 songs written for the album, and only nine are on the record.
0: I'm going to agree with both Tom and Paul because one of the one of the initial problems I had with this record was the packaging. I, for that very reason, Tom, it, it literally was off-putting. Um, Paul, to your point, um, <clears throat> when I bought this, I actually I purchased the deluxe edition. I bought the red vinyl LP and a CD at the same time, so it came all nice and together. And, I, I mean, there's so much about this packaging that I just absolutely abhor so if you look at the CD, right, this whole thing about putting in numbers instead of letters yeah. drives me straight up a wall. Absolutely hmm. hate that kind of crap. Tom, I can tell you, because, Paul, I think you're absolutely right in terms of the picture. It's much easier to see on the, the 12-inch vinyl because you get that big picture. And it it is, in fact, a s- couple or several different people. Who are layered in to create these pictures? Now, it it to your point, it looks mostly Stephen Wilson, but there's enough about it, and and actually, it's even more disturbing when you can see it like big and see what's going on because your brain can't figure out what part belongs to who, and it's very very disturbing. I I I really really I, I still struggle with it to this day. But I do think it's absolutely 100% part of the commentary. It, it's it's designed to do exactly that. And so I, I I still don't know that I enjoy looking at the packaging, but I have at least come to appreciate the packaging and what Stephen was trying to do because I, I I do think it's very consistent with the the songs that he provides us. But I'm glad, I'm glad we talked about that because that, yeah. that really was bothering me too.
2: I, what, one of the things that I, I, I constantly, I don't, I mean, I, I just, to me, this reminds me of like Prince, right? This record, not, not because it sounds like Prince, but because it, to me, it's very Prince-esque, right? Like Prince just did whatever the fuck he wanted. Right. And, and I, I love it even though I didn't always love, you know, every one of his records to, you know, the umpteenth degree. However, I think that that, that I, I feel the commonality with Stephen Wilson, you know, and and one of the things I've always wondered is, you know, he went in this direction musically, and and I can't help but, but remember, like, the stories he told about, um, what was that song on To The Bone? Um... Ah, uh, what was the song that he people gave him shit for? It was like a pop song.
0: Oh, um, um
2: oh shit! What the fuck is the song? Anywhere, dun, dun, everywhere, no. somewhere.
0: Permanating, uh, Permanating, Thank you. yeah.
2: So and and he took so much shit for that, and like literally spent time at his show talking about it, and like basically demanding that everybody get up and dance and and just let themselves go. That I almost wonder like did he go down this musical direction to the extent that he did almost to be like, you know, fuck it. They didn't like permanating. I'll show them, you know? Um, and, and uh, that's, that's why I kind of dig that because it just, it reminds me of Prince. That's all the the, the numbers and the letters on the, on the cover.
3: Uh, one, one thing I just want to throw in there. Uh, I just want to go on record and tell you guys that I actually bought a can of compressed air today at the hardware. Store. <laughs> um, when you're on set and you work in the movie industry, um, you use cans of compressed air to clean your equipment. And that's a, something that everyone must have all the dust and dirt and sand to get off of your equipment. So um, I, I have that also. Mm-hmm. Um, Noise canceling headphones for a production sound mixer are very important because it, it cancels out outside sounds to what you are actually recording. When you are in the element and you have uh, motorcycles and birds, planes, everything imaginable, um, it's good to hear what you're actually recording as opposed to what is around you. Um, second of all, you know. Self
1: important producers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, Tom, how I, can you resist the urge at, when you're at work, when you're on set and you're about to put on your headphones to not just go, noise-canceling headphones like, <laughs>
3: every day well, I, I will I will <laughs> on Thursday when I, when I go back to set you better believe I will uh, my boom op will look at me like I have three heads of course she always does uh, but what I also want to say I guess we can talk about this when we talk about the song, but so, I mean, what's wrong with you know, self defense classes? What, I mean, come on, like,
2: we'll, wait, we'll, I, uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I, right, mean, I, right, I think that's right. the fun part of it is that there's there's really nothing wrong with any of it. I think it's the message behind what are we searching for, in right. all these things, because I because you can make an argument, right? Like, there may have been part of me that wanted to buy the the deluxe box edition, <laughs> but. But I have refused, because, you know, like I just refused in this case, like not King's X. I bought the orange vinyl, which
0: looks fucking spectacular. Yeah, I want that um, orange vinyl. I'm sad I didn't get that.
2: and but, but, like, for this, I didn't. I just went with the basic CD. but but then <laughs> but then, on the same order, I did order the um, double album of um, Raven and who refused to sing in other stores oh. on vinyl. So, but can,
3: um, can be at least, All right, uh, Paul. I just want to like broach this, okay? I don't want to get into the whole big thing about it, but do you find it at all? Do you have a little bit of a problem that he, the pretentiousness of him sticking his nose up at things that he actually supports?
0: Wait, wait, no, we're not, we're not going there now. We are not, (laughs) okay, not going there. Personal shopper. We'll be all over it.
2: That'll (laughs) that'll be. That'll be part two. But, every episode, every every episode in the new palaver is
0: two parts. But but that'll, I will be part I, two. I I will <laughs> I will say Tom that very thing was part of my initial problem with this, and per- that's why personal shopper becomes the key for me because I was able to sort of twist my brain into the right shape to unlock that that particular door because I I I was just I'm like. This guy's such an asshole. What the hell? But we'll get there.
2: And 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 so that that's another point that that I that I had for the the beginning of this is that you know Stephen Wilson like I, you know he can come across like a pompous ass you know but I, I've just come to you know to, I think I feel like I've come to take him for face value like when I watch him say an interview and listen to him like I just take him for face value. Um, he's English, so he already sounds a little arrogant and. And you know, and sometimes the things that he says, uh, it's like Jesus. But I, but I think you know, you just take him for face value, and and the th- and he challenges his audience. He loves to challenge his audience. He he, I, and I, I do think that that he puts something like this together, and and he he's a visionary. He has something he's trying to get across, and it's not going to be easy for people. What I do wonder is that. Because, Joe, to your point, Personal Shopper, I think, was a challenge for a lot of people. And it may have been too much of a challenge to to launch a new record, right? Yeah. Here's my new record. Everyone's so excited after To The Bone. And let me just completely give this to you. And I can't help but think, you know, had he released Follower as the first single, um, he may have had similar impact, but in a, in a more accessible way that may have, may have been less challenging for people or even 12 things I forgot. Right. Which is the most accessible. Oh wow. So I, I always kind of wonder like, could he have, you know, maybe not thrown the gauntlet down on day
0: one. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it, it, it certainly appears as a challenge. So I think it sounds like we're all itching to get into this. So, Shall we get into the tracks, gentlemen? Let's do it. All right. So we start out with the very short and sparse unself. Does anyone else hear this and think of I'm Not In Love by 10 CC? Of, of course. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how I think it's actionable in the words of Roger Waters.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: every, <laughs> every time... Every time it starts, I'm like, oh, wait, wait, no, that's not where we are. For me, right, like this very relatively short track establishes the topic of selfishness, really. And, and that's you know, it's the first thing out of the gate. You've got unself then you into self. And, and so I'm like, well, clearly he's talking about selfishness because a lot of a lot of this other behavior that he talks about, can be viewed in terms of someone being selfish in some form, fashion, or manner, um, and either taking advantage of someone else or, or whatever. So, I mean, that's really all that that I get from this. I think it's, you know, it's a I find it a lovely way to sort of start the record and, and kind of roll me into self, but, you know
2: yeah I agree I I can't believe that he hasn't been sued over it and it's a perfect way to start the record I do have a question and this (laughs) is a sidebar (laughs) so and maybe some of our maybe you guys know maybe some of our friends listening know I have a pretty old CD player it's got to be like 20 20 years old at least wait that would be yeah it's got to be at least 20 years old maybe a little older all my new CDs when I put them in at the beginning they skip really does anyone know why that, that would happen it's just bizarre.
0: I mean, when all of the all the metadata on a CD is at the beginning, so if there's some sort of change in the format, um it, it could just be the the is in a slightly different spot than it used to be huh. 20 years ago, and so the laser doesn't either know where to go or it you know, something like that okay. would be my guess. That's
2: fascinating. Maybe maybe I should buy buy a I'm sure you can buy a new CD player for what like 50 bucks. If that even that. Okay. All right, sorry. That's the only thing I don't like about the song is it skips every time I play it. That's very uh, frustrating. On my CD player.
0: Yeah. Tom or Ken, any thoughts on Unself?
1: I will uh, make a commentary on the unusually long fade-in that has frustrated me (laughs) ad nauseum for, what, two years now? Uh, It doesn't need to be that long because every other time... I play this album, whether it's on the CD that I purchased or on the uh, streaming service, it, I put the volume up too high, and I say, mm. God fucking damn it, don't do that next time. So, <laughs> so for someone who masters albums for a living, Stephen Wilson, fuck you.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it, it's okay, but it doesn't really represent... The album i mean no it, you know, I, I, I think not, that's fair i i don't I'm, I'm kind of indifferent to it uh you know but it, it's you know it's, it's it starts off the the album and the good thing it's it's short so it's not he doesn't sort of go off on some weird tangent with it you know he has he's very direct with it and um you know. but
0: i i don't have a lot to say about it and i think that's reasonable so it, it rolls into self which I thought it was about self- obsession, but is it really? I was listening to it today and i I started to maybe see this in a slightly different light, um, at least lyrically. I will say, I think you know the programming here is absolutely perfect. There is this beautiful low end i I, I listen a lot in in my car driving you know back and forth between. Um, the places that I live, and I always go back to when we were younger and we had these, um, these, uh, you know, these car stereos and whatnot. And an album like, you know, Brave would just end up destroying whatever speakers you had, you know, and there was this dynamics, and 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 it would just, it was uncomfortable and and everything else. But Steven, and I don't know if if it's, you know, better equipment these days, but. But even so, there are other there are other releases that don't sound nearly as good, um, but but the the low end itself is fucking massive and absolutely perfectly contained at the same time, and it just it gets me all fuzzy. I love it. Cool. Um, I love the the sort of noise guitar solo. I love the texture with the gang vocals, and I like the perspective of the internal versus the external on this song. Very cool.
3: I, I really like the song. I like how there's a message, but you know, unlike other stuff that we'll talk about later, it's it's not preachy. It, you you're able to enjoy the album. Yeah. And, I'm sorry, you're able to enjoy the song. And you know, listen, I, I again, I love when, when, when people mix styles and I love the pulse of the song, my one problem with it, I would love if it was longer. I know that's sort of a, a fuck, <laughs> but like it, it cuts off kind of abruptly at the end. And I think when you're Steven Wilson, and you've incorporated successfully Frog with uh, more commercial elements. And you've done it in an eclectic way. We're, we're gonna talk about you know uh, 70s influence and an 80s influence and, and all these like really great analog things that he brings in. And he's very unorthodox. There was an opportunity here with this song to give us a little bit of an instrumental and and sort of bring that in mm. and yeah you know what i was trying to say earlier you know i don't i don't know where in the pandemic or, or where this was done but you know you know there just may have not been the opportunity to bring in certain people that he wanted or, or or maybe just to think of it i i don't know but i would i really think that this song has an opportunity. To do more, and to do more at the end. I want to hear this. I, I want to hear this more. I want to see where this goes. Everything in the song, I love. I love the chorus. I I love the makeup of it, but he, it's just like sort of an abrupt ending for it. And you know, you're Stephen Wilson. You you have an opportunity to incorporate your 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 past with the present. And his past is with Prague, and I feel like it would have been great to incorporate some of that in the song and, and give you something um, that we hadn't heard before, but also incorporate the, you know, the pop elements. So, you know, I, although I like the song, you know, I definitely would like to have, have, have heard a little bit more.
2: You know, so this album has only been out for a year and a half, so I'm only just now about getting to the lyrics. Um, <laughs> I think your comments are interesting, Tom, because I, I wonder what it, it, it would be like. And, um, yeah, I didn't see this, this tour, so I don't know if there was, there was more, you know, on, in the live performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be, it would be interesting to see, um, what he would do. I think, I think for me, I mean, I, 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 I won't pour over all the stuff that's already been said. The thing musically that I like about this is that it, it establishes the sort of like female backing vocal, accompaniment mm. and yeah. and that that shows up a lot um and i i just like that i i you know because you know I'd, I'd rather hear that and i, I think it, it brings that soulfulness into into this which is i think a paradox in itself right you know we're we're basically talking about self and 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 i when i think of it i don't think of it as you know the self of you know the soul inside the self. I think of it as very artificial. And um and so I like the juxtaposition position of sort of that soul vibe that I get um with the backing vocals on a song that really has no soul.
1: Well it, it has soul um in a way in my opinion. Anything else, Paul? No, no. Go. Okay. So 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 I want to counter what you said. Um I think in terms of groove, I th- think this one does a better job than most on here with making it a bit human for the rock folks, for the, for the people who don't want pure programming. And I think that's mainly due to the female vocals. And I will make a, an interesting observation, I hope. Based on the extended tracks, Joe, the the large package that you purchased, <laughs> did it come with the B-sides? Did it come with the unreleased extended mixes and such?
0: No, I did not purchase that super duper deluxe version. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I will say there's a lot of remixing going on, going on, but Self was not. Remixed, so so I think I think this is one where Stephen kind of nailed it in the presentation. Um, was was happy enough to make it essentially the the off track. And self is so short, um, and, and 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 didn't put it out there for any DJs to to remix. And I I think he kind of nailed it. I'm I'm going to give a thumbs up to self.
0: Nice. Cool. If we move on to King King Ghost, uh, and again, you know, Paul, you haven't gone to the lyrics. Uh, I haven't figured out everything. This is one I have not figured out. Um, obviously, when you talk about dealing with people in the modern world, ghosting is a term. I don't know if that has anything to do with this specifically, but I do know that I find the falsetto mem- melody in this to be absolutely hypnotic yeah yeah i mean i don't even give the slightest rat's turd about what this song is about i just want to hear the noises that are coming out of my speakers when i'm listening to this it is um i i just i find it to be absolutely elevating and and beautiful in a just a slightly disturbing, haunting way. Mm. Um, I think, you know, and again, I'm not really sure everything that's going on here, but my note does say that the, the spoken word part really, um, it gives the sense of the internal in conflict with the external, which I really like. And there's that one line that he delivers in the middle that just, and again, I don't, I haven't really figured out the whole context myself, but it just unsettles me. And that is you can wash away the dirt, but you can't wash away the failure. And it's like, God
3: damn. <laughs> I, I like the song. I just feel that maybe it's not a great song for the beginning of the album. I, I think that, you know, he sort of made his stand, which I can certainly appreciate. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know, when you listen to a Stephen Wilson album, you know you're sort of looking for things, and it, I think it was a little risky. So I think some of the problems that he had with some of his followers and some of the some of his fans um, stem from a song like this, where there isn't a lot of guitar, and which is it's a good song, and I agree with you, Joe. It's a beautiful melody, but. You know, it, it's a very it's it's sort of risky to put this as the third song, uh, in, in a way, compared to his other stuff. And you know, I think you can ostracize people who listen to Prague when you don't have any guitar or or very little guitar on a on 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 a track. So, I I think you know maybe the song should have been maybe later in the album because I'm a little, I get a little bit antsy when I hear this in the beginning and I'm just like, okay, you know, it, it just kind of doesn't blow me away. But I, I, I do, I do appreciate the song and I do like certain elements. So it's just, um, it's just maybe how it's presented.
0: I, I think that's really funny, Tom, when you talk about tracking this album, because I, I, I hadn't ever thought of it that way, but I can totally see exactly what you're talking about. Um, I guess this is one of those, you know, instances where my dirty, not talked about um, new wave past um, comes, you know, in handy. So, yeah, <laughs> I- and, and I think it does, you know, in certainly in that context, right? It It does sort of, it makes the next track make a whole lot more sense. It's like, all right, you've gotten this far. If you're still with me, hang on. Here you go. (laughs)
1: How did we not know that there was a Stephen Wilson Reddit? I mean...
0: Because I don't uh, do Reddit.
1: So, well, this is nice. Um, Ten months ago, this popped up. When asked in an interview, where did that come from? Wilson replied... I've absolutely no idea it's an old english word like a lot of songwriters i often sing nonsense when i'm working on songs just to get the melody out that that's kind of a john anderson school of, of, of singing and i think we've all been guilty of that so coco was just a nonsense word i came out with maybe i read it somewhere uh the interviewer says uh definition steam be something to do with evil spirits king ghost evil spirit Uh, And Stephen basically says, I'm going to pretend in my next interview, I knew that all along. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But what I like is someone also said, it's about your persona and social media, a better version of you than you are pretending to be, uh, which would also fit into the album. I mean, there's a lot to be interpreted in King Ghost. I will just say it's so... Airy, watery, and dystopian. That that Tom, I think I think you nailed it. It's just not a good third song.
2: Mm. I fucking love you guys. I I think this song, this album, is tracked beautifully. And, I, you know, I <sighs> the octave, King Ghost told me like I was your only memory. Like I, I, I just can't. I just that just blows my mind. That with the octave vocal vocals, and the way it it it's almost computerized and and it's in the feeling of it. And I, I tend to. I tend to, be drawn more towards the social media of some of these some of these concepts, right? And I do actually, you know, this album is certainly thematic, but. You know i haven't quite gotten through enough to know whether it's completely conceptual or not but the you know i i think that a lot of this has to do with i mean for me it is it's like social media personas the shit goes by you so fast like people post everything about their lives and and everything and and like and it's gone right um and i feel like there's there's something in that around you know hold me like i was your only memory um but I I this song is fucking amazing in headphones. It's fucking amazing in pitch black, it, loud as fuck in your in your living room. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just it reminds me of Tears for Fears. It reminds me yeah. of Prince. And and to your point, Joe, you know, you, you're sort of engulfed in this like sound, just this sort of soundscape, and and then it ends. And then it's like you're back to familiarity, right? You know, you're you're back to pretty much what you expected the next yeah. Stephen Wilson album to sound like.
0: Cool. Great. Love it. Yeah, so it rolls into then 12 things I forgot, which is, you know, a decided departure. It you know, it's it's kind of funny and and Tom, I'm going to sort of keep focusing in on on maybe your perspective on this, right? Because you're now you, you finished three songs on this record, and you're you're maybe trying to figure out what the hell is going on, and you're given 12 Things I Forgot, which in some ways, I'm not gonna say entirely, but I think, is it fair to say that genetically this is probably fairly closely related to Permanating, which everyone hated on the last record, and now all of a sudden you're like, wait, there's a guitar that sounds like a Steven Wilson hook, thank fucking God. And so for uh, those people who are, you know, and, and Tom, I don't know. Is, is that how you feel when you get to this or you're like, Oh Jesus Christ, what the hell is he doing now?
3: <laughs> well, I, I really like how he in, really incorporates
0: the seventies and
3: eighties and in a good way. And I, 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 love the organic sound that he brings over the techno and, Not that this song is necessarily techno, but, you know, I I, I really appreciate it. I mean, this is the thing, guys. We recently just finished a whole chapter palaver, on fish and what that is. Fish does different things, goes completely different directions from one album to another. He's not afraid to incorporate things, new things. And this is what we've been used to yeah, I mean, that's what we love, and, you know, we embrace with, with Prague, but I mean, talking about what we recently talked about, which was Fish, and the fact that he is very daring in what he does, and, and bringing in new elements, that never bothers me with Stephen Wilson. I, I mean, it's not the fact that we're, you know, bringing in new things, uh, and, and, you know, in, in this song, I mean, I... I I guess to, to bring up what you were asking, I, I, I do like the guitars, but it's not that there is a, a, a right turn going on. Like, oh my gosh, like, what is he doing? It's like, I embrace that. I, I like that. So a song I just, like this.
0: I just, um, meant, I just meant from the perspective of did you, was it too much or not? But yeah.
3: No, but. no I, I, I don't think it's too, too much, but I, I mean, what I'm what I'm trying to say is I don't think it's too much, because I'm remembering of like all you know fish what what fish does from album to album. So I mean this is just like another walk in the park. It's just like another, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know we're sort of used to this, and so I think everything works in this song. And so this is not too much for me. I actually um, actually like the song.
1: I can't get it out of my head once I hear it. It uh, it's 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 about the melody. And, uh, you know, the character, whether it's an incarnation of himself, where he's in this relationship and he said all the wrong things, or if he's embodied someone that he knows or a a different character, it's very authentic. I mean, he is in this relationship. He knows he's negligent. He knows he's not feeling. He's not connected to his significant other the way he should be. And he says something very flippant about something very um, precious to his other. And, and he captures... It, it, it's uh, an apology of sorts. And he, he captures that vibe... Very well. I mean, do 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 you do, do you follow that in yeah. the lyrics?
0: Yeah, I, I actually, I I love the lyrics. I like the sort of casual acceptance of the shortcomings. It's like, yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 not that that's a good thing, right? But it's sort of a it's at at the very least a very refreshing perspective on it. And it's packaged in this very um, consumable, you know, form at the same time. You know, you you almost do get a little sonic dissonance here because it sounds like a really happy song and it's fundamentally not. um, (laughs) But,
2: you know, I wonder if if the lyrics could be applied to, um, you know, like a political figure type, you know, you know. um, But I just love. I mean, this is, I mean, again, like a a lot of this, uh, I I program in my head that what I'm hearing, you know, is about people on their phones, me on my phone, you know, constantly, you know, even when I try to not do social media and I stay off social media now, I don't really post like I I once did, but I, I will say that sometimes I go onto a social media site for a specific purpose like I might be looking for something to do and I want to search a local venue to see if they have any events going on. And about 20 minutes later, I'll realize that I've been scrolling on my phone. Um, I can't even, and then and then I realize I'm scrolling on my phone and I'm like, oh, I got to get off this. And I, and I close the app and then I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, what was I doing? And I'm like, oh fuck, I wanted to go check, you know, whatever to see what was going on this weekend to see if there was anything going on. So I, and, and, and especially with what I shared with you guys, you know, somewhat in, in, in um, an amusement at the beginning of tonight, I love the line, you know, there was a time when I had some ambition. Now I seem to have inhibitions. Um, now I just seem to have inhibitions. I uh, and then like, you know, the the whole line about um, forget what I said about acting on all the plans that I made. Now I just sit in the corner complaining making out things were best in the, in the 80s. Um, I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and and that's, you know, that was sort of the the line that keyed me into the fact that the future in reference is now because he he's making reference to the 80s, right? And right. we, you know, yeah, I get it. Yeah.
2: And it it also is like that thing that we were talking about, right? You know, people get the new Kings X album. They don't even have the new the new uh, vinyl yet. They're listening to it on streaming service and they're psh, jumping online and basically talking about how, you know, Gretchen the ghost of Nebraska and Dogman were so much better. Like, duh. Come on. <laughs> There's a fucking guitar line somewhere in here. I think it's towards the end of the song. It's just single notes and it sounds like a telly and the reverb wash is so glorious. It just is, you know, it's so delicious. I love it.
3: But, you know, part of the charm of this album in general and this sort of a reoccurring theme, we have upbeat, Mm -hmm. you have an upbeat rhythm section, upbeat drums, and you have very creative ways of saying what you want to say lyrically um, that maybe aren't the most upbeat but i think a lot of the things that we like you know whether it was you know things that peter Gabriel's done or you know fisher or whomever there is this dichotomy between the music and the melody and subject matter and i guess to give you an example of, of film like martin scorsese in a, a film like Goodfellas or some of the gangster stuff, when there's a this sort of montage when like people are getting killed or like their throat cuts or whatever, he's playing like something really romantic or like some sort of opera mm-hmm. or like thing like a ballet, and that is it makes you know it makes your hair stand up on the you know the back of your neck, and it is, it's 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 really powerful, and it's it's just an interesting way of looking at something horrific in a way whether it's steven wilson on this album where you have this sort of you know disco stuff or you know you have a certain pulse he's saying that the subject matter is 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 not as happy as what we're hearing and i think that works i mean that's a very creative way of of saying the subject that you're, you're, you're talking about it, it It could be a satire, but it doesn't always have to be a satire. I mean, a satire is the, the, the extreme. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that someone, I, I, I don't mean to throw fish to the wolves, but a song that we all did not like, called All Loved Up, like was not successful in that. It's a very difficult thing to do. And I'm sure he's not thinking about, okay, well, I want to do something, you know, different. It just sort of comes out of him. But by, by doing it, it, it it's, it's very successful and it's a different way of, of taking in a subject matter. And I think this song is a good example of that. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> I love you, buddy.
0: We love our fish.
1: I, I was hoping that, to squeeze this in. I was thinking of the apology, non-apology in that song. And um, things to say in a relationship instead of "I'm sorry," thumbs up or thumbs down. Excuse me. Does that one work?
0: It depends on the down. tone. I think that's probably not good.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you. you sure. Kind of person for 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 pointing out your your, your yeah. failures. Okay. Again, tone's how about, important. <laughs> how about how about this one?
0: Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm gonna i'm gonna vote against whoops
1: yeah me too me too um th- th- this sounds a bit european to me pardon or texas
2: <laughs> i feel like that's the same as excuse me
1: okay all right how about actually using the word apologize
0: oh i think that's very important big thumbs very up.
1: important okay yeah. okay my bad I, I personally wouldn't use it. <laughs> of course. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs>
0: uh, no. Oh,
1: no. That's trouble. That's trouble. Can you repeat? Nothing that sounds wrong with like asking it. for clarification. That's okay. There are nicer ways, but yeah, you can ask for clarification. Uh, and fin- finally, um, using words like regret and
2: remorse. Yeah, okay. That sounds pretty, yeah.
1: Okay. Just, just, just having some fun. I love it. Yeah, there we go.
0: Sorry. Back on track. That was great. But speaking of fun, let's talk about Eminent Sleaze. (laughs) Now, Eminent Sleaze was probably the first thing that really caught my ear on this record. And uh, I mean, the first note that I have here is simply and appropriately, fucking Nick Beggs. (laughs) (laughs) This guy, I'm telling you. Um, absolutely love it. And, and it's all about, right. This, this is the song that explores what I refer to as predatory selfish, selfishness. Like how, how much can I get from you just because of, you know, I want to, and, uh, you know, I, I don't really have anything else to say about the song beyond that, but I, I think Chapman stick is one of my favorite parts on this. And
2: I, I'm, I'm willing to say that Steven Wilson says you know what, I think stick would sound great here, <laughs> go, go to it and probably pushes him in one area or another. And just, you know, I mean, that's the, that's kind of the fortune that Steven Wilson has is to work with, you know, people of that. Yeah. Ridiculous uh, caliber. But I so I, again, like I, I, to me, this is one of the genius of how this album is tracked. Um, you know, we we've we've sort of talked about the self and the ultimate of, you know, social media, right? And then you you get the, the perfect sorry not sorry song with twelve things I forgot, and it goes right into let me see, you know, how much I can get away with here. There's like a uh, there's like a have a cigar type tone guitar Ooh. uh stuff in here that I think is fucking awesome. And the and the and like like you mentioned Joe, the stick. I, I will say this: this song for me is probably the one I skip the most. Listening. Really?
0: Yeah. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah. I. I, I mean, I. I kind of get it because once you get past that, you're like, I mean, for me, I think there are other things on here that are more engaging long term. But man, I do. I just love it. Hmm. Yeah. And I do love the line, the closer I get to the dirt, the sharper the suit that I'm wearing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The strings. How do we feel about the strings? What is being depicted there? Because there is almost a 70s movie sensibility. Is it a Middle Eastern vibe that's going on there?
0: I mean, yeah, there may be a little bit of that, you know, and maybe that's some of your Influence of working with Aviv, right? Because there's a lot of Middle Eastern in in Blackfield. But I think the strings totally track with, you know, Stephen's self-professed, you know, history with music that his parents would listen to from the 70s, where there's a lot of that kind of crazy shit going on. So I I think it's totally legit.
1: It's so funny what this song evokes for me. And I tried to suppress it, but in... The early 90s, we still had a high end audio store in Philadelphia that catered to the studios around the uh, boom of the recording industry and and, and, uh, the sound of soul and and whatnot in, in, in Philadelphia. And, you know, you'd walk into a guitar store. And There'd be, you know, some dude with a black shirt on, but you walked into this place and they were wearing suits
3: <laughs>
1: and they meant business and they weren't just gonna sell you a fender, man. They, they had all the high end consoles and the BBE aural exciters and all the drama gates and uh, anything you can imagine of, of, of import, you know, the 24 track tape machines they could get for you, and 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 they were not messing around, they were. They were wearing suits. And for some reason, that store burned an image into my mind. And uh, boom, something about the lyrics in here. Uh, now, he's talking about something a bit more seedy, like a lawyer, like a Better Call Saul or something. But mm. for me personally, <laughs> I'm seeing suits at uh, and audio store on Delaware Ave. How about you guys?
0: I think of more used car salesman type people um, with regards to this. Now they're not, you know, in terms of a sharp suit, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I never went to such a music store, so I don't really have that experience. I, I, I think I like the better call Saul sort of ambulance chaser idea. Cause I think that's, you know, I think that's totally valid too.
2: I, I see it as every, you know, Shirtless, you know, muscle guy trying to sell you his diet plan and body type nice. thing. I I see it as every hot model that you know shows stories on you know in her bathing suit and wants you to join her OnlyFans. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, to me that's kind of you know like like it's a it's a statement on how like we're not even we're not even selling anything, right? No. People, are, people are making money because they look a certain way or they, they mm-hmm. evoke something in us that, you know, is a desire that we have. And so the next thing you know, we're on their page spending money. Um, that's what it evokes for me.
3: I, I don't know if I have a lot of thoughts other than, I feel like this subject matter that he keeps bringing up is being repeated a lot. I feel like we've heard this, or we, and then we will end up hearing a lot of this. And I, I like the fact that there's a, a, a motif, if you will, that there's mm-hmm. a a subject matter. But I, we're, we're we're sort of getting a little bit, in in my opinion, just a little bit, um, you know. Preachy, and he's like over. He's, he's kind of saying the same things. Yeah. I hate the, you know, the the poop and the pudding. But that's that's kind of how I feel about this.
0: <laughs> Thanks for that image, Tom. <laughs> 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 All right, well, we can move on to then Man of the People. If Unself made me think of I'm Not in Love by Ten CC, um, Man of the People makes me think of Eminence Front by the Who. Mm. Wow. At least on the intro. No one else got that. Okay. Maybe it's just me. I mean, I hear it, but I never really thought of that before. That's cool. Uh, and, and here again, so the second note that I have for Man of the People is that the low end here is all caps amazing. So we've got <laughs> another one of those um, songs where Steven like, I love people who can bring the low end with control. So that I can enjoy it, and it doesn't like just ruin my life. Um, and then you've got that sort of um, you got the reverb vocals with the crystal clear guitar portion, and it just it's so sonically beautiful. Um, I think um, you know later on you've got the vocals blending with the bendy synth, and it's like you're trying to figure out where it crosses over, and it, you can't always tell. It's so cool. Um, and, and of course we have that, you know, what I consider to be, you know, the, the signature Stephen Wilson, big ominous chord that comes in. Um, he's used that, you know, virtually on every album every now and again, he'll, he pulled it up. So I think, you know, man of the people, again, it just, for me, sonically fits into this album absolutely perfectly. Uh, lyrically I'm still not hundred percent certain. Um, is, is it like the partner of a politician or some sort of a famous person on the outside looking at this person? I, I can't quite get my brain around it, but there's some sort of celebrity disconnect going on somewhere in here. But.
1: I'll pass.
2: Okay, okay. <laughs> Ken passes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, as far as lyrically, I, I, I kind of wonder the same thing, right? Like, you know, Man of the People, you know, to me gives reference to like politician, you know, royalty or something like that. And, and, uh, I think, you know, perhaps it's a commentary a little bit on how now even our politicians take to social media to be, um, controversial or even just shocking, just to get attention, just to, just to be, um, just to get a rise out of people, um, and I, I don't think, you know, social media is the place for, although I always have appreciated over the last, I don't know, eight or eight or 10 years watching, you know, White House pref- press conferences on, on uh, Facebook Live. But I don't think generally, you know, Twitter and Instagram are really places that should be uh, places where politicians are trying to extol their platform. It just seems a little bit too... Um, but maybe it's a, a, also a commentary on the fact that that's how ridiculous our attention span has become, that our politics are given to us in little bite-sized pieces. So, I mean, that that's kind of my take on it. But I have to tell you, I'm usually just just completely feeling like I'm floating on a cloud on all this delicious reverb and yeah. like guitar strumming and everything when I listen to this song. I'm not even really caring about what
0: he's saying, actually. <laughs> I have to pass on this song, to all right, Tom is also going to pass. Tom just wants to get into the next song, but let's skip over that and go to... Oh, wait, oh. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Tom. Just kidding. I promised you. I promised you that we would we would get into the mud here on Personal Shopper. Um, a scathing, at least on the surface, uh, a scathing rebuke of consumerism. I will tell you that that now... I think this, this song is an absolute highlight. I positively, every time I listen to it, am guaranteed to turn up whatever I'm listening to and there will be chair dancing during the chorus. I promise you.
2: It It's like the sweet sister Mary of
0: the Future Bites. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but! Like you get so far into it that something dramatic has
0: to happen and it's <laughs> even more dramatic than you anticipated but I, I will say I, I will try to quickly relate my story um, with regards to this song because again this this was my key to this album and it was the first single, single that came out and like you Tom I was immediately like fuck you Stephen Wilson what are you talking about you've got eight five different versions of this album that I can buy and you're shitting all over me and urgh, I was mad I was hot very hot. <laughs> <laughs> and and like I, you know, I would I would almost not listen to this because it made me mad. Like I would want to listen to Eminent Slees, and I'd want to listen to this. But I I didn't do this. And then I started listening to it. And, and I remember I got to the to the spoken word part with the with the, the list of of things that are there. Right. And then. I started to pay attention to that because when it gets to the part where um, they start talking about some of not the consumer things, but some of the the mental aspects of it. And there's like self-help and then you hear self-doubt and, and, and it's funny how they, if it's all Elton John, they pitch the voice a little bit differently so you can sort of, you, you you can almost create three lanes. At least that's how I envision it. So the one lane is just all the stuff that you're buying. Um, one lane is all of the the perceived benefits that you can get, and the third lane are the sort of negative undertones or fear causing. Aspects of it that lead you to do these things to satisfy some sort of a need, and once I sort of separated them out into those three columns, and I was like, "Fuck, Stephen Wilson's smarter than me," and that makes me angry. <laughs> and and at that point, I was like, "All right, you got me, Steve. I see where you're going." So I, I don't i think the that initial reaction and, and paul I think you called it out perfectly Stephen loves to challenge his audience but he's not he's not flipping us off i, I and i paul again i think you described it very well he's shining a light on it he's participating in it but the question is not that you shouldn't do it but why are you doing it and are you getting the things you want out of it. And and there's a line, um, of course, it's on red, so I'm not going to be able to read it because I'm an old man at this point. But fundamentally, there's a line in there, and, and you guys probably know it as well, where he basically admits, I don't need this, but it makes me happy, so I'm going to buy it anyway. And, yeah. and, and that was sort of the last, that was the cherry on top of this whole Sunday, because it's like, it's okay. You know Stephen himself says it's okay to buy something just because you want it. But I think at the same time, he's he's sort of illuminating the exaggeration and the 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 focused marketing and this pressure to buy everything, whether you need it or not. And he's you know he, and and I think the problem is you know if you have the means, buy whatever the fuck you want. That's great. But the problem is a lot of this marketing and and everything else is driven towards people who don't have the means for all this stuff. Um, And, and, you know, it's this predatory marketing that I think he ultimately is calling out here and asking us to ask ourselves, you know, it's okay to buy stuff, but make it for the right decisions. That's that's my story about this song,
3: gentlemen. I'd like to introduce something. Uh, excerpt A. Oh,
0: yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Tom's can of air, the electronics <laughs> duster.
3: This is for you, Stephen.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: right at you, buddy. Uh, Joe, I, I I appreciate what you're saying, and I I, I it's it's just like Stephen Wilson to do something as prolific as that. Um, what kind of going just to the raw aspect of the song? I actually have always loved this song, except for the Elton John part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I, I'd rather hear Getty Lee rapping, at, uh, you know, than 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 that. Uh, but uh, I think. Let me go back and tell you why the song really works as a song. It has a great beat. It has all the elements that we love. Yeah. It's, it has an originality to it. I mean, like, what other songs sound like this? I mean, it's, it's, it's actually really great. It, and I do like the message. I just think that you know, to actually have a breakdown of the song and to name these things. Puts it in the pretentious category, and I know you did explain it um, very, very well, Joe. Um, and it, there is something you said for what you know you said, but it it still comes across. It still comes across as very pretentious, <laughs> even though you can you can justify certain things. And I, I don't know if it you know it just doesn't work for me. But I I, I, say, but I have to say, I am in love with this song up until that point. And you know, it, it actually is a well-crafted song. And it, it, it's good to have uh, a subject matter of, of something like this and do it in a way that's, that's not preachy. You know, there's, there's, it, It's hard to be responsible and to sing about something that's important in society and not be preaching
0: yeah you
3: know, to you know not sound like a sally struthers but when you're talking about something really serious in africa or something you know i mean it's like there's a there is a creative way to to do something that stephen wilson is very very good at and so i just don't know if you know i would have done the 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 middle part and for god's sakes you have someone like Elton John who's willing to be a part of something. I mean, is that what you're going to fucking do? That's I mean, that's a fair
0: question, Tom. Um,
3: I mean, uh, you know, so I,
0: I mean, at least
3: Ozzy sang a song with him.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, you know, at least he, he tried to do something um, to to utilize Elton John's talents.
2: Uh, I, I would be I, very but, interested to hear how that that collaboration came about. Um,
3: yeah, I I, but, I don't know actually came about either, but, um, yeah. the song didn't really, the Aussie drum song didn't really work. But uh, I, anyway, getting back to this one, I do, um, really enjoy the song. If you turn, if I hear the song in the car or, or whatever, I'm, I'm cranking it up and just in uh, the chorus is killer. It really is. I mean, it's a really well-crafted song. So I, I still, Give the song two thumbs up, and I'm um, I'm a big fan of it. I just would cut the middle section out.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I love Tom. I I love how like you start off the the, the, the podcast review by saying, you know, I really think Stephen Wilson could have given us more here on this song, and then and then he <laughs> delivers the ten minute epic, and you're <laughs> like, oh, he should have cut out the whole middle section. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it is a different song, but it is yeah, I guess there's um, something he said for that
2: I, I, yeah I, I mean this song I mean I, I just I, I, I love it I I, I, <laughs> I I didn't think of this before but it is this, the sweet sister Mary of of this record it's the turning point the record I think that that the um, you know the first six tracks are all like are all about to me they're all about what you see on the screen they're all about the the motivations behind the screen and behind the people in the in in the screen this is about what we do with it and i just think it works so so well and i think what's really fucked up is that this was i think this single was released in anticipation of the june 2020 release mm-hmm. even though it never happened and when it was released you know we were we were like two and a half three months into the stay-at-home part of the pandemic, right? Um, I don't even know if social distancing was really a thing yet. And I'm not sure how things were in, in your neck of the woods, but every day I would look out my window across the street to my neighbor's house, and I actually started joking around that they, their house was a hub for UPS and Amazon trucks. <laughs> because the, the the guys would literally park in front of their house and go out and like spend 20 minutes organizing like their next series <laughs> of deliveries. But people were ordering shit online. Like every literally every day things were being delivered. And, and like, and like, I, <laughs> I had just bought my stereo system, right? I was I had just started ordering my first deluxe box sets of items, you know, and and it just like it, the the strange haunting timeliness of releasing something like that at that time was just uh bizarre and um and and really and, and really fascinating um to me. Um but I I absolutely love and I love how at the end when the when the song kinda fades, there's the woman's voice, you know. Reca- recapping all of the things that, that were um the you know the self-esteem parts of of what we're trying to fix or or cause by all of the consumerism so
1: fascinating Paul
2: uh it did it
1: did coincide with the um materialistic part of being stuck at home I took exception joe with one thing that you've been circling around and that is the pristine audio on here Mm -hmm. um steven wilson's voice is easier to hear in the remixes almost all of them when compared to the actual tracks so something about the vocal production makes it difficult for me to catch many of the words and when i listen to the alternate mixes i hear a lot of words that i never heard before Hmm. um additionally i found personal shopper to have this weird dense mid-range feeling that i didn't like that that i found kind of off-putting and i'm used to I think more transients or something and, 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 and Stephen's work. So I posted on social media that I liked the lyrics and the melodies, but I thought this album was ready for the Stephen Wilson remix. And then I wrote (laughs) too soon question mark. And I got a lot of laughs on social media but this was on Steven's site, and the moderator killed it. Um, so it was really only up like two or three hours before. Boom, they, they killed me. But um, I, I object to the overprocessing of the vocals. I think it detracts from some very clever lyrics. And of of all the songs on here, this one has some kind of a Audio pastiche that 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 puts me off a bit.
2: Finally, a hit song coming up.
0: Yeah, well, we got "Follower." So you know, "Follower" is is pretty obvious in a lot of different ways. It's it's a good song, um, but it's it's very accessible. It's it's meaning isn't hidden anywhere. It's um it's pretty upfront. I do like the snare sound (laughs) (laughs) no i was going to say something else but apparently that's a note from um personal shopper i actually don't have any notes at all for follower i guess it's so obvious i didn't feel the need to write anything down
1: uh what genre is this is this kind of the uh amalgamation of things Is, is this a good transition to get out of the album how do we feel about the uh it, you know, there's a a bit more new wave and punk. It's got a faster tempo. You know, what does this guys, what does
0: this do for you genre wise?
1: It's got a guitar solo too.
0: It does have a guitar solo. I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's more obvious. It's not tucked into the prog corner anywhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the words to answer your question. Huh. Surprisingly.
3: I mean, is any song on this album tucked into a prog corner?
0: I I don't, I don't. No, not generally speaking. I mean, I I could, I could genuflect myself and say that, yes, there are aspects of it. And I could point to various things, but I'm not going to. Um, Actually, Sarah and I were having that conversation the first time I played this for her. To me, this feels like, you know, Stephen Wilson trying to write a hit. This is wow. Is that is that? Some,
2: I'm shocked. I'm shocked at that statement. Yeah. Why? He doesn't write. He doesn't try to write hits, according to himself. Well,
0: he's also unproducible, according to himself. So I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> I'm not going to put too much stock into what Stephen Wilson says about himself. I, I mean, I. It's really funny, right? Because I think maybe a lot of my ambivalence about this song—and it's not ambivalence—I listen to it, I enjoy it. I just don't really care about it. Is because I find the fundamental subject matter to be so vapid that I'm just—I just, I, I just am—I'm unwilling to invest myself in this sort of behavior in the real world, and I'm unwilling to invest in a song about this behavior. In the musical world,
1: huh. it's it's just so weird wh- when he does this bit with future biting, millions spitting too much time, boy too much millions everything. spiting.
0: So this goes to oh. you know Paul's you know internet trolls shitting all over King's X.
1: Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Too much time, too much everything. Those words are, are a little too weird to be a hit song. So, so if musically he was going for a hit song, by the time he got the words settled down, he didn't give us something that people can sing along with very well. And, and just the, the, the presentation, like future biting,
0: millions biting, it, 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 it sounds like a 70s commercial. See it's funny that whole thing that section reminds me forcibly of the buggles. Yeah.
2: Yes. yes. Exactly.
1: Okay. Um Okay that's what is, you were
0: looking for got it.
1: There is something new wave european weird that 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 almost leans back into musical theater there it's just so goofy. Um yeah and and I mean I like the buggles and, and mm. uh, obviously you know Trevor Horn is, is is amazing but there but there's something odd about Steve in this time and place yeah wow. I, I mean I mean I love the tempo I love the guitar solo I love the idea and I feel like he just didn't nail it with the words
2: okay so I'm guilty I love I, I love this song I think it's the perfect follow-on to personal shopper because you know because I think I think the climax of this record is personal shopper. And I think we need a straightforward. I need a straightforward song to sort of break the tension mm-hmm. and sort of re a reset. And, um, and again, like I feel like personal shopper is like what we do to react to the screen. And I think follower is, is along that same lines. I think follower is like everybody's doing whatever they're doing just because they, they want to, they want to, value themselves based on how many people follow them and what their presence is like on, on social media. Fine. Um, we've probably, you know, put the last bullet in the horse, uh, w- with, all of this talk, but, um, I find it incredibly refreshing. I love the snare sound. I love, I agree with you, Joe. I, I get like the buggles and sort of late eighties and Genesis kind of, um, with some of the keyboard lines that happen. I I just, I think it's wonderful. I think it's a, uh, I, 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 this is the song that I was like, wow, why wasn't this the, the first single in 2020, you know, would have been just as poignant and, and maybe wouldn't have scared the shit out of so many people. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of follower for sure.
3: I think this is part of Steven Wilson's charm for me. I know, Joe. You had mentioned something that Stephen Wilson had said in the past about his parents listening to a lot of the '70s music, The Carpenters, mm-hmm. that, and I don't think that Stephen Wilson sets out to write, you know, anything like super poppy. But it just, uh, I think that his success comes from the commercial aspect mixing with the the creative eclectic aspect and the and the and the prog. So. Yeah, definitely. On this album, we're getting a little bit more of the, the commercial. But I think that, um, you know, there, he he has that background that we have seen in past albums, and certainly it comes out in the song. And I think that's part of the, part of his style. But yeah, it's a matter of you know whether you, you like it or not. But I, I don't think it's inauthentic or you know, contrived. I, I just think that this is, part of him. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on, on his on his last album that, you know, people originally thought, Oh, my gosh, this is a little too commercial. And now you strain away from Prague and all that, you know, people are always going to be, you know, you know, have that compared to his, his really early stuff, you know, it can, compared to a concept the album, right. So, yeah, you know, I think that, you know, uh, this song is certainly well within his, um,
0: his uh, parameter, so to speak. So, it's interesting, Paul, the the way you view um, Follower, because it it then goes into the album closer of Count of Unsure, which, you know... Unease? um, Yeah, I'm sorry, Unease. I can't even read my own thing. Count of Unease. This song conveys... You know some of the sort of loneliness that he's he's shown us before in songs like Pariah and um, Song of Unborn, right? I don't know, and maybe it's not meant to be that way, but it's so it's so sparse and kind of haunting. Um, But I, I just it's so beautiful at the same time, and so Paul, you get this release from Follower. And then, like, how do you view this song? Is it is it a nice, gentle landing for you? Or is it like, oh, I want more of that other stuff? No, I mean, I, I think it's a
2: perfect ending. Like, I, I, I think this album is tracked beautifully. And I think it's wonderful from beginning to end. And I will say that I have purposely, you know, when I came back to start listening to this for, you know, just knowing that we were going to talk about it, I purposely... Only listen to it on my CD because I didn't want to get to the end of this song and then have some like shitty recommendation from Spotify as to what I should listen to next. Like I wanted it to end and be over. Sonically, yes, it eases me down into a beautiful like cloudy pillow of reverb and deliciousness but i think you know lyrically or or you know the feeling that i have is it it's, is it comes full circle right to you know we've gone through all of this stuff and at the end we're we're just kind of mm-hmm. stuck alone with who we really are yeah and what we have to do and I, and i think it is i th- i think it's um it opens the mind to you know sit and think in quiet after after it's done i i, I think it's a it's a fantastic ending
1: Well, if you can call this the Count of Unsure, uh, (laughs) I can call personal shopper Unsufferable Pooper. Um, No, what I want to do based on my exploration into the bonus tracks is I want to take out Count of Unease and I want the album to end on something that's slightly more in a dreamy jellyfish, tears for fears, kind of a vein. It's called in floral green, and it has a much uh, lighter, uh, slightly fantasy kind of redeeming feel that 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 would be suitable for a guy like me. Um, I, you know, count my knees is just the 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 the, the vulnerable. Desperate dark, you know, I I don't need I don't need another dead raven at the end of this album. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Um, it's okay. I mean, I I mean, I mean, uh, you know, there's a deep love in the lyrics. He's he's conveying something that I like, but um, I just never feel right when this album ends.
0: Wow. Interesting. I, I I personally quite enjoy it. I like this sort of um mode that Steven gets into. It it works for me and yeah, I'm I'm personally always satisfied when it comes to the end of this album, but that's okay. Um I I mean I get I get what you're saying, Ken, and I don't know. I will, you know, it's funny you talk about you know, a dead Raven at the end of, of that album, (laughs) I go back to seeing Steven Wilson in Dallas when he, he finished the fucking show on the Raven that refused to sing. And, and like my brain was, was trying to process the fact that he was playing that song at that point in the set and walking out of the venue after that was a feeling unlike any other I've ever had leaving a concert. It was very different, but extremely powerful. So,
1: Which track did he end
3: with?
0: The Raven That Refused to Sing. Oh, my God. It was, I mean, that was an, he ended the encore with that. Wow. It was, it was balls out phenomenal.
1: There's one amazing section. It's almost two minutes into it. I think it's like one fifty-six or one fifty-seven, and just he's done singing, and it goes, Oh, it, it, It's that '80s electronic piano sound,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: Twin Peaks. Yep. Oh, particularly around two fifteen, it's killing me, and 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 it, it's that it's kind of the electric piano with the organ sustain somehow synth thing, and just the way he. he Elevates one note above another is 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 very Twin Peaks, and I I, I do love that section. So so I, I I I I bow to the king, the king of Prague at that particular moment for for, <laughs> throw, for, for throwing in a very well earned '80s type reference.
0: Cool, nice. All right, so that gets us to the end of the future bites. Uh, you know I'm. I'm I'm happy for a couple things. I'm happy that we're you know back doing the things that we do, and we've got some really interesting albums that are immediately ahead of us that I'm I'm very much looking forward to. I'm also happy that this album turned out to be as enjoyable for me as it as it currently is, Um, because when I first I I I bought it, I listened to it maybe once, and I didn't listen to it for a while. Um, Like I said, I had I had some problems that I had to sort of work through, but I I find it um you know really enjoyable and, and looking back sort of across Steven's solo career you know he's really given us some very different albums that we can enjoy depending on you know certainly for me what whatever mood I feel in that day and it's it's very cool but I you know this album is much better for me because I expected to not like it so much um so the fact that it's grown is is really, really cool. As always, you know, love the fact that you guys are are here to talk about, you know, this great stuff. This is I, this is what we do.
2: I I think so we I think we've already talked about the quest, right? Yeah. And and so we're gonna we talked about this and we're gonna talk about an hour before it's dark.
0: Yep. And the new King's X. Yep. I would, any- I would argue we could put in closure and continuation as well.
2: Yes, although we we really haven't talked about any of the other Porcupine Tree albums. Although that might be okay. Yeah. If we do those five. Yeah. And I think we should rank them at Ooh, the end. Ooh, yeah. I like
0: where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
1: I- that's that's a very good idea
3: Paul and this is yeah I mean do we really need to rank the quest anywhere I mean Jesus
0: <laughs> Oh You never know you I never think know. I think it's likely to be a field of crows but you never know
3: uh, Well, fair enough fair enough Yeah
0: Um I I did want to call out way way back
2: at the beginning when Ken was talking about the context of uh the timeline of progressive rock I wanted to note that there were a couple of omissions, or, or maybe they weren't omissions, but I found it interesting that that Arc of Life did not appear in the timeline of progressive rock, so it it wasn't apparently not included in progressive rock, even though In Continuum was called out as forming in I think 2019 um, uh, on the on the timeline of progressive rock 3.2 was included in that in that timeline. Um, mm. so just just interesting cause that Although well
1: sign Minimum wasn't in there.
2: That's true. That wasn't in there. And you know what else was I, I was surprised was the Downs Braid Association. Ah, oh, we love that album. That album is so good I can't believe it's not it's not a part of that record. It's too good to
0: be Prague. <laughs> 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 I love it. All right. Any other closing thoughts, gentlemen? No? Well, then as Paul alluded to, next week, we will dive into the most recent Marillion album, An Hour Before It's Dark. Very interested in in that. And after that, we will get King's X. Uh, Is it called Three Sides of One or Three Sides of A1? Three Sides
1: of... One,
0: three sides, three sides of, one. of one. Awesome. Um, and then we'll see where we go after that. Um, I think we promised ourselves sound of contact, but, Oh, that would mm. be fun. Oh, we could, we could also do the traveler as well. We could. All right. But anyway, lots of good stuff coming up guys. Very much appreciate your time here this evening. This was great. Always good to talk. Steve and Wilson, um, you know, I guess we'll have a special concert series relatively soon on um, on Porcupine Tree. Several of us are going to see that, so that'll sort of continue the the Stephen Wilson theme. And yeah, great to have the uh, Palaver back in the saddle. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and and uh, no Cylon when Tom's using his iPhone in a hotel.
3: <laughs> hey, I fixed that problem. I fixed the problem. I didn't have on the last couple ones in my studio.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Progressive Palaver. As always, we've enjoyed sharing the conversation with you, and we look forward to your thoughts, comments, feedback, and questions. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We are at Progpala on all of those, or search for Progressive Palaver. You're welcome to email us. Our email address is progpala, that's P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A, at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and presumably wherever you find your podcasts. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thanks for listening.